Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. So uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the room. We love you. Could not and would not want to do life without you. Uh, and, and here's some things. Dads, uh, as dads, we are not clueless to the values you add. I mean, you add some great value. For instance, the statement that you hear, moms, is I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm cold, I'm hot, can I have, where are you? The only statement that we as dads hear is where's mom? That's the only thing, like, they just, they just want to know where mom is. Moms, we know that you are your favorite, uh, your child's favorite toy, so you can buy them all kinds of toys, but you are their favorite toy. We understand that moms spend the first two years of their kid's life teaching them to walk and to talk, and then they spend the next 16 years of their life telling them to sit down and be quiet, right? We understand that your dream, mom, today, especially on Mother's Day, is to sleep for nine straight hours, wake up to the sound of coffee brewing, and to have us, as your husband, say things like, we're going to take the kids, or I'm going to take the kids all day long, so you can just sit on the couch in your PJs and buy your own Mother's Day gift, right? That's what moms want to hear. And we realize that your kids are the reason you breathe but they're also the reason you swear and you cry and you yell and you eat way too many carbs than you probably should. Happy Mother's Day, moms. Can we give it up for the moms again one more time? We have a, uh, we have a special gift. We, we had to scale it back a little bit this year because of uh, the regulations. We couldn't give you all the chocolate and the food and the sugar that we normally like to, uh, to give moms on this day. But we do have a gift for you out in the foyer. Um, if you're watching at home, in fact, I'm just going to take a little bit of an opportunity to recognize everybody who's watching online. Um, we, are, we started a brand new series last week that we are entitling, What Now?, what now? It's a post-pandemic reflection. We've just gone through the last several weeks of some craziness, and uh, we're asking ourselves the question, what did we learn? And we said that the 10 o'clock service, this one would be the one because, again, because of social distancing and regulations, um, the state of Oklahoma has asked us not to open up our kids' ministries yet, so we've invited all the kids into the service with us today. So your kids are fine. We love children around here, so don't freak out about your kids. We just enjoy that they're here um, spending time with you on Mother's Day and with us. We are excited. Um, we are in new service times, so 8.30, 10, and 11.30 are our new service times. But what that did is that inadvertently caused us to shorten our time in between services. And so I'm having this temptation to talk really fast. And so uh, I, I think um, my wife is not here. Last service, she was like, slow down, slow down, slow down. So maybe I just don't need to say as many words. I don't know. Today, I have titled this message, I Want My Mama, <laughs> right? As we're thinking through this, you know, kind of this post-pandemic reflection, how did we act? What did we learn? I think for a lot of us, we, we said, I just want my mama. Like, I just want my mommy in this time. There were seasons over the last few weeks when we looked at the fact that over 4 million people had the virus and like over 280,000 people died from it. We, we look at that and we're like, man, I just don't like this. I just, I just want things to go back to normal. 
It makes us concerned. And we want to talk about that concern for the next few minutes. How far is too far when it comes to concern? Now, I know there's some people that's like, Pastor, you can't be too concerned. I actually feel like you can be. I can feel like concern actually crosses over into an unhealthy realm that the Bible refers to as fear. So we want to talk about that for just a couple of minutes today. Before we do, let's pray. Father, we love you. We worship you. We invite you into this space. We invite you into our homes. Lord, we thank you that you're moving, that you're speaking. And Lord, as we've decided to take a couple of weeks and just walk through the last few months of our life, Father, we want to learn. We want to grow. We want to recognize how human nature responds to crazy times. So, Lord, to better prepare us, should there be any times like this in the future. So, Father, Father I think it's healthy for us to, to, to take a few minutes and to just look back and to grow from our experiences. So, Father, I pray that you would lead us and that you would guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, over spring break, right before this thing really went crazy, um, Tyson was home. And that was kind of nice. Tyson uh, is in college, 10 and a half hours away in Highlands College down in Birmingham, Alabama. But he was home. We flew him home because we got a really great price on airfare. And uh, we, got, we flew him home. We thought, you know what? He'll spend a couple of days at home. He'll fly back to college. Everything will be great, right? Well, Highlands calls um, about day five or four or five of his spring break and was like, hey, listen, just take an extra week of spring break. To which Tyson, like any other student, would say, wait, I get, I get an extra week off? Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. That's right. That's fine with me, right? And so he did. He enjoyed it, thought it was just going to be two weeks off. And then at that same time, Taylor, my oldest, was actually down in, in uh, Alabama for a youth pastor's conference that was going on, and he was hanging out with some of the decision makers at Highlands College. And he found out early that they were actually going to go ahead and move most universities and most schools to an online classes type environment. And so he was trying to get home, Tyson was home, right about this time everything just goes crazy. Uh, he's, he's posting pictures uh, of the airport, Taylor is, trying to get home. And what, you, what normally is just, just craziness at the airport, people rushing, trying to make flights, it was eerily quiet. He was, he was taking Instagram videos, and it was like him. And there wasn't even, like, gate attendance until the flight uh, time was to board. Then they showed up. And so I can remember being, it was a Monday night, Taylor made it home, Tyson's there instead of 10 and a half hours away, the news is going crazy, coronavirus, COVID-19, all of the news, all of it's going crazy, and I'm looking around my dinner table, and there's my girls who are safe and laughing and having a good time, and my boys who one should be gone and one's here, and just thinking, at least I got all my little chickies under one roof. You know what I mean? At least we're safe. At least we're here. And I can remember in that moment having a conversation, I had to ask myself the question, what if it hadn't had gone this well as it did or as well as it did? And what if my kids were displaced? What if Tyson did go back? Or what if Taylor was trapped and they 
canceled all the flights and he couldn't get back, would I be concerned? And again, I think we all, as, as, as a part of human nature, we're like, yeah, we would be concerned, but how far can our concern move us before it comes into all-out fear and anxiety? See, when things don't go like expected, we are tempted to run home. We're tempted to run, to revert back to what we know, to this kind of that fight or flight thing, right? Protect things that matter. And that's what we do. We want to protect things that matter. That's why our homes have door locks. Our cars have alarms. Because we want to protect things that mean something to us. Unfortunately, in the day and age we live in, adversity tends to be the biggest teacher in our society. Think about it. The whole reason we even have TSA today is because of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. The whole reason we have immunizations um, that our kids receive those when they're little is because of all of the children who died because of diseases. Germ theory is a theory because of all the people who, who died in, hosp in hospitals from diseases that they did not come in with. So we, we invented germ theory, or we discovered it. Sir Isaac Newton discovered gravity when an apple fell from a tree and hit him in the head. So legend says, right? In other words, adversity can be our biggest teacher. But most of us, if we're going to be honest, would just prefer to skip the adversity part, wouldn't we? Like, I'm good. I don't have to go through anything. I'm fine. We want to avoid the pain and not deal with the trials of life. I heard Craig Rochelle say this last week, and I thought it was really good. People only hate pain when there is no purpose. Go with me. People really only hate pain when there's no purpose. In other words, you're willing to endure pain if you see the purpose this is why mothers are willing to endure hours and hours of labor because at the end of the pain, there's a purpose. There's a child, right? This is why marathon runners can endure pain in mile six because they know in mile 26, there's a sense of accomplishment. This is why those who lift weights are willing to kind of put themselves through the pain of lifting weights because at the end, there's this sense of strength, of accomplishment. This is why Dave Ramsey says, live today like no one else, so someday you can live like no one else. There is a pain, and you're willing to go through the pain if you know the purpose. And the reason why so many of us hate adversity, and we hate pain, is because we don't like the way it feels, but there is a piece of us, if we're all going to be honest, that asks the question, is this just now my new normal? Is this the way things are going to be from here on out? And when we begin having those conversations in our, in our heads or in ourselves, then that's what leads us to fear. And fear, unmanaged, is debilitating, friends. Fear constantly asks the question, what if this is the new new? What if this is the new normal? 
What if this is, what if, what if I get that virus? This is the question we asked a few weeks ago. What if I get laid off? I think the, 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 the buzzword now is, is furloughed. What if I get furloughed? What if I can't pay my bills? What if we do run out of food in the world? What if, what if we do close the schools and keep them closed and social distancing or social learning or distance learning is now a, like a full-time thing? What about all the teachers? What about all the jobs? What is my family going to do? See, fear plays the what-if game. What, what if this happens? What, what are we going to do? Fear makes us feel powerless. And again, looking back, what was the one thing that made us hunker down? Was it because the, 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 the state or the nation or whatever, the local... Was it because they made us? They said, hey, listen, everybody's got a curfew. You got to go hide out your quarantine. Or was it, was it because we were actually concerned about some things in our life? When, what do we do when we realize we're in fear? Again, we've moved past concern to now we are in fear. You're afraid. And again, I realize that the, the recent virus scare is probably fading for most of us. But mark my words, you'll be in fear again. You, there'll be moments when fear will try to attack you. And so we're going to take our experience over the last few weeks, and we're going to prepare ourselves for the next time that fear tries to attack. Is that okay, friends? Because it might not be a virus. It could be threats of layoffs. It could be the tornado sirens going off. Come on, it is storm season in Oklahoma, friends. And there are people that are super scared of tornadoes. Well, what do we do? The Bible in, the, encourages us to take control of those thoughts. Go with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Look how the NIV says this, or actually, I think this is the King James. Look at this. Casting down imaginations. One translation says vain imaginations. Well, what are imaginations? Imaginations is that ability to role play things out. The Bible says, how do you, how do you take control of fearful thoughts in your life You've got to cast down vain imaginations. Seeing yourself go down, seeing this thing attack you, seeing your worst fears come upon you. The scripture says the only way to get out of that, that, that grind that you're on is to cast down those imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that tries to tell you God's not big enough in this season. The word doesn't really work here. The Bible says that we got to take thoughts like that and get them out of our head. We, gotta, we cannot sit there and role play scenarios where we lose over and over and over and over again because that's the biggest enemy stalking in the darkness, friends. Are you with me? Well, how do you do that? How do you cast your care on the Lord because he cares for you? We have to be the ones to, 
to take control of those thoughts. And people are like, oh, I can't do that. I can't just stop thinking about all the negativity. I can't just stop thinking about the things that are making me fearful. Well, how do you do that? You have to replace, go with me, friends. You have to replace that thought or that lie that you're believing with the truth. You have to replace the thought with a thought. You can't just not think about something. So what do you do? You, you replace the lie with the truth. And people are like, well, I just, if, I, if I could find some source of truth, you know, I don't know who to believe. Is it this news group? Is it this news group? Is it this person or that person? Is it this organization or that? Can I just be honest with you? None of them. Don't listen to any of them. In this moment, what you need and what I need in my life is the truth. The truth that surpasses all understanding. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only truth that you can take to the bank, as they say, is found in Scripture. So this is the only truth that we build our lives from. Can we, can we benefit from some of the things that they're saying out there? Sure. But this is what I base my life on. Are you with me, friends? And so we are asking ourselves right now, over the last few weeks, did I base my life on this truth? Did I replace the lie that I was hearing with the truth of God's word? Because the reason we fear is because we think there's no one here to save me. There's nothing that can be done. We feel powerless. I mean, we feel like if there's no one here to save me and there's nothing that I can do, then what hope is there? I mean, whether it's a virus stalking in the darkness or it's a tornado coming down and about to take out your neighborhood, you feel powerless. Maybe no one's buying what you're selling in your marketplace field. You feel powerless. Well, the reason you fear is because you think that there's no one there to save you. All fear and panic is, is an indicator. Now listen to me, friends. And, and I'm not trying to be mean and ugly and bullish here, okay? I'm trying to help you. My heart is to help you. Fear and panic is an indicator of one of two things. Either number one, we don't actually believe that God is willing or able to help us specifically. So if God is not willing or able to help us, no one can help me. And that's where fear takes us. Or number two, we don't trust in our ability to get God's help. That's all this is, fear and panic. It's either one of those two things. I don't trust that God will, or I don't trust that I can. When you boil all the fear down, it is simply an indicator of one of those two things. This is why the most repeated command in Scripture is, hey, 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 don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Because I'm with you. 
The two psychologists tell us this. The two primary emotions that we feel as humans are fear and love. And Jesus is like, don't, don't be afraid. Fear, I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Love. And when we feel that from our Lord and Savior, we respond to that. It's when we don't feel that that we respond the way we respond. You know, when, when we review over the last few weeks, we've realized that we can't just coast in life. We can't just allow ourselves to spin out of control and some negative thoughts. Seth Godin, which is a business coach and author, he says, do what you should do and your mood will follow. I like that. Do what you should be doing. What should I be doing? Man, I should be, I should be spending time in worship. I should be in his word. I should be either worshiping online with a group of, of, of church that's like a family. I should be in person. I should hang out with my life group. Do what you should be doing and your mood will follow. Your, your faith will follow. Life is all about trusting God. And unfortunately, the only way to trust God in areas is just to take a leap of faith. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? We start to trust God by reading his word. But mark my words, there's going to be a day when you draw a line in the sand and you have to make a decision. I'm either going to trust God in this situation or I'm not. I'm either going to be in the boat with Jesus or I'm not. And we can say, no, no, I trust God. But internally, you are fighting this battle on the inside of you. And that battle keeps you out of the boat with Jesus. Is this okay, friends? Are you understanding where I'm going here? Fear is the enemy. Fear is the one that we're after. And so we've got to get to this place where we genuinely, in real time, trust God. It's like taking a trust fall. It's what it is. Have you ever done the trust fall? You know, maybe you were kids. You're like, you're going to catch me, right? You're going to catch me. You know, they do, it, they do it in corporate events, and they put the blindfold around you, and they're like, okay, catch them. You got to trust them. And it's supposed to be team building, right? And the whole time you're like, man, what if this joker drops me, <laughs> right? What? You don't have any faith in that person. You want a backup plan. You want to know what your plan B is. Maybe I'm landing in grass. Do we have to do it in the gravel? Like, we want to know, right? When in reality, God is saying, just trust me. It doesn't matter if you're in the grass, over water, in the gravel, on a bed of nails. I will catch you. And we can either build our faith now in trusting God or we can wait till the thing hits us. Either way, we're going to be trusting God at some point in our life. You guys know our story. When Tyson was, uh, when Tyra was, was, was pregnant with Tyson, I've told this story several times. But the fact remains, there was a moment where we had to trust God. When the doctor told us, the reality is your body's trying to abort your child. In that moment, we had to determine, are we going to trust God in this situation? Or are we just going to let this thing happen? And so we went home. 
put her in that chair, and we listened to healing scripture after healing scripture after healing scripture. Why? Because every single time in the Bible that someone came to Jesus for healing, they left healed. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we knew that her body was hurting and broken, and it needed to be healed. And so we trusted God in those moments. And he's here today as a result of that. We would have we would have preferred to be ready for it, but you know what? God's merciful, and God is gracious. Man, if you just get in his word, he will help you through it. Here's what you will quickly find out, friends. Strength, we could say faith, strength doesn't come from things you can do, but from overcoming things that you once thought you couldn't do. And that's what we've been living We've all overcame things in our life that we once thought we couldn't do. You guys don't even realize it yet, but your faith has grown over the last few weeks. God has shown some things to you. He's proven some things to you. And the result is, here you are. The reason why you want your mama (laughs) during all of this is because you've seen your mama do some amazing things in her life, in your life. Psalm 46, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Why? Because God is our refuge and our strength and our ever-present help in trouble. We will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. In other words, yeah, things may go crazy around us, but we will not fear. Why? Because he is our refuge, our rock, and our fortress. Does this help, friends? Yes? No? Maybe? (laughs) This is where a few weeks ago, for those of you who worship, have been worshiping with us for any length of time, heard us say the phrase, comes from Psalms 91, verse 8. As for you. As for you. In other words, all this crazy stuff can be going on around you, but God looks you straight in the face and says, but as for you, it will not come near you. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? Do we trust that God's word, that he's a big enough God to actually do that in our lives? As for you, it will not come near you. So we got to stop playing the what if games. What if I, you know, what if, what, if, what if this happens again and I get the virus? What if you don't? Are you with me, friends? What, what about all the food? Like, are we going to run out of food? Well, what if God supernaturally provides for us? Are we going to trust him or not? What about all the, um, you know, like, should I do this? Should I take this, you know, vaccine? Should I not take this vaccine? Should I take this, you know, medicine? Should I not take this medicine? What, what about all that? Listen, as for you, it's going to be okay. 
This is why Mark 16, verse 17 has been my, my anthem over the last few weeks. Why? Because he says, if you drink any deadly thing, which means if you touch any deadly thing, if you breathe any deadly thing, if you're injected with any deadly thing, and we see that Paul got bit by a snake and he was injected with did not harm him. If you drink any deadly thing, Mark chapter 16, verse 17 says, if you breathe, it not harm you. Do we believe it? Do we believe it? Now, does that mean you walk around with not wearing masks or gloves? No, do what you need to do. No one's judging anybody for that. I wear, I wear the mask and gloves to maintain influence with people and to, to do my due diligence because that's what they're asking us to do. But inside, it will not affect me. Are you with me, friends? I'm going to read you some passages of Scripture from Psalms 91 again because I think it's good for us all. Amen? The Bible says this. I will say, Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. Here we go. But it will not come near you. This is a line in the sand opportunity, friends. Are we going to believe God or not in this moment? You will only observe eyes and see my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling no harm say that out loud no harm no harm overtake you no disaster will come for you will he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways they will lift up uh, lift you up in their hands so that you will not take your foot against a stone God's angels, like he's going to see to it that no harm comes against you or overtakes you. So over the last few weeks, we've been asking the question, what now? What did I learn? Well, for some of us, we learned that we weren't ready, as ready as we thought, but we're ready now. Others of us, we found out that we truly can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen, everyone? learning some things. And so my hope today was to encourage you in the Word. Listen, trust God. Trust God. And for some of you, it's going to be a trust leap. It's going to be a trust fall. Trust fall into the arms of God. He will not drop you. Are you with me, friends? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your Word. We thank you for encouraging us in your Word. Lord, we don't think that your word is just suggestions. We don't think it's fairy tale. Father, this is actual recorded history. 
This is your life that is breathing into us. And Father, we choose to be those who stand and trust. And now, God, thank you for sustaining us. Lord, we'll continue to do what we need. We know that you're doing everything that you do in the supernatural. Lord, we love you. We thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.